my name is Jimmy Alexander, and I come from a background of uh, drug addiction. Um, I grew pretty much hated by the world, and conformed to society and culture taught me how to live for myself and live for pleasure. Uh, it led me to drug addiction, and ultimately leading me to death, violence. Um, I was a thief and homeless on the streets. And uh, by the grace of God, I have been saved. Um, I heard the audible voice of God one day and converted over. Um, and now I, I, uh, I'm a follower of Jesus. Welcome back to Resistance Chicks. We're your hosts, Leah and Michelle. We have with us a very dear friend of ours, Jimmy Alexander in the house. We first met Jimmy when we were working with Teen Challenge many, many years ago, and he was attending as, as someone going through rehab. It was a seven-month program, give or take, there at our local Teen Challenge. And I wrote in the article in preparation for this show that one thing, like the, the the young men that were there were all absolutely amazing and they each have their own uniqueness. But Jimmy stood out as somebody that was in, um, as Brad Cummings of the Founders Bible says, hot, passionate pursuit after Jesus Christ. And I have, my life has been irrevocably changed by his friendship and by knowing him. And since having been through a transformative experience of salvation, going through rehab, coming out, being called into ministry. He's now married, he has children, and he has a ministry called Lazarus Life Ministries that helps men, young men, go through a not just a program of rehab, of transforming their life to Jesus Christ so that they don't have to go back to being a victim, being an abuser, being a user, all of these things that come from addiction, that's what Jesus Christ solves. So you may have a porn addiction. You may have a going to the gym addiction. You may have a, a, a drug addiction. Whatever you're placing in your life above Christ, all you have to do is lay down your life and he comes in and he swoops in and he changes you. And Jimmy is the perfect example of that, of someone who said, I want God more than air. Yeah, you would never... You would never in a million years after you've met, if you meet this Jimmy, you <laughs> could never put together his past. You would, it would, if, if someone paid you a million dollars, you could never come up with the craziness that God I definitely has set want him you to from. talk about the mailboxes and the cats and the firecrackers. Because <laughs> uh, I want people to understand the life that you came from. Yeah. Okay. Now, I played a clip at the intro here, if you guys are joining us, from. 
when we took Jimmy, and you guys are well aware of the Forefathers Monument, we took 150 people there this past September. You guys know about it. We've been talking about it on our show. And when we say we took two young men to the Forefathers Monument, Jimmy was one of those young men. And you're seeing a clip there of Jimmy fresh out of coming out of Teen Challenge, just in love with Jesus. That year. Offering up his life, saying, God, use me. And now nearly nine years later, here you are. You are a a classic testimony of what God does in someone as a transformative experience. So Jimmy, tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, and then just as the Lord leads, kind of share bits of your, of your testimony. Yeah, absolutely. Guys, thanks so much just for having me on here. I'm so excited. Um, so as you guys said already, my name's Jimmy Alexander and I grew up in a small town and really it's the center of Ohio called Centerburg. And I grew up in a nominal Christian home. And so my mom was uh, a Christian, uh, but my dad was not. And so we were uh, holiday churchgoers, and my mom would share the gospel with me. And so I, because of her faith, I kind of had a James 2 faith and kind of took her faith. Um, but I, I was not saved. There's not, nothing saved about me. And so um, as a kid, I would always say I was a Christian. But early on, I was always just, there was something in my heart and in my life that was just craving constantly, just some sort of fulfillment, satisfaction. Um, and I could never fill that, that big hole in my heart. And so um, in middle school, I, uh, you know, faced some, some just difficult times. I was uh, molested as a child. I uh, was bullied in school and... Um, Eventually, at some point, um, I was just trying to figure out who I was. Who, who is Jimmy Alexander? Why am I on earth? And so I started just kind of pursuing things like uh, Ecclesiastes says. I'm just like, is there anything in this world that can satisfy me? Like anything. And so um, literally in eighth grade, I'm starting to smoke weed. I'm, I'm drinking alcohol. I'm um, having sex. I'm um, looking at porn. I'm, I'm uh, pursuing uh, sports. You know, maybe if I could just get popular. Well, I achieved that. Uh, still empty. Um, and then going into high school, you know, I try to hang out with all these different groups of people and try to find acceptance from friends and different circles and groups. And still, uh, I was left empty. And so uh, I, I graduated high school in 2011. And that's when the drug addiction really started to kick in. And I basically got an apartment. Uh, I had a, a full scholarship to, to go to a, a college for wrestling. And in my mind, it just made sense. I thought, you know what? I'm, I love drugs. I love to party. Drugs make me feel good. It can manipulate my emotions. It can literally, you know, enhance and change my reward system in my brain. And so this, that's what I want to do with my life. And at the time, it made sense because nothing else seemed to really even touch, remotely even touch the pleasure that drugs gave me at that time. And so um, I got an apartment, began using and selling drugs. And so from there, my life just became a complete disaster. Um, I ended up uh, stealing cars and pushing over old ladies and taking their purses and um, selling drugs to my friends and watching them overdose and die and um, just totally lost my mind. It's like putting on tunnel vision goggles. It's, wow. it, it really is, as the Bible describes it, pharmakia, sorcery. It's like to be cast under a spell and... And that's exactly the way that I would define it in my own life. Looking back is I was just totally driven uh, demonically and, and just in my flesh. It, it just held me captive. And 
Um, I tried rehab multiple, multiple times. And just the secular model just was not cutting it for me. Um, first of all, they told me I couldn't get better. I'd always be an addict. And then second of all, they would tell me, well, you can manage it by your own willpower. But the problem with that is that when I was sober, I wanted to be high. And when I was high, I wanted to be sober. And I thought the goal was sobriety. Right. You know, if you can just get sober, you know, but the problem with that is that you get sober and you're still miserable. And so it's, it's like, what's the point? I might as well go use, um, right. at least have some temporary satisfaction, some temporary pleasure. And so um, I think in 2012, I um, had robbed my girlfriend at the time, her, her parents, I, I stole all their jewelry. And um, they basically had an intervention and they said, look, you can go to rehab or we're going to press charges. And so, of course, I'm like, well, I'll go to rehab. And so they shipped me out to California to the number one rehab in, in the nation. And uh, I go there and it's about day 30. I'm there and I'm sitting in a meeting and there's a guy named John who gets up and he says, my name's John, alcoholic. Um, I've been sober for 40 years. And so I'm in this meeting and I thought, well, John's got the answer. He's been sober <laughs> for 40 years. Like that is so awesome. And so I'm sitting back and I'm like, finally, somebody's going to share the answer with me. And uh, he says, every day for the last 40 years, all I think about is alcohol. Every day for the last 40 years, it's all I can do not to go to the, the gas station and, and pick wow. up a bottle. That sounds so, miserable. Yes. And, and what it did, honestly, and, and, and I'm not joking. When I heard that, I became at that moment very suicidal because it was like, what's the point? Right. What, what benefit is it to gain the whole world, get a, get a family, have a house, two-car garage, the American dream, but yet at the same time not be able, just be miserable, constantly thinking about the drug that I want to use, like a, like a caged animal. Um, and so I came back to, uh, to Centerburg. Uh, my, my parents let me live with them for a while, and I tried to get a job, but I got high and passed out at work, and um, I just... My life was a mess, just an absolute mess. And there's a lot of details in all that, um, just crazy things that I did. I, I took a hit of PCP in New York City, uh, visiting my twin sister and uh, ended up in the ER. And they basically told me I'd fried part of my brain because I couldn't talk straight. Um, there was a, t a few times where I overdosed and died and I had um, just kind of like a, um, like a dream almost of me in hell. Um, and, and, uh, just different experiences where the Lord was just really kind of showing me like the path you're headed down is destruction. Mm. And so, um, I began slowly to cultivate this fear of the Lord, but at the same time, I was also very suicidal and it was in 2013, towards the end of 2013, that I began to act on that suicidal, um, thoughts that I had. And um, I had tried to overdose a few times, but by God's grace, I didn't. You had tried and to. I had tried to, yeah. And I, I finally made the decision. I knew where a gun was. Um, and I decided finally, like, that would work if, if I could just shoot myself. Um, because I was just so miserable and empty. And, and when you use drugs, the, the pleasure that you gain from them over time starts to decrease. Mm -hmm. But the craving for them increases. And so 
what happens then is you reach a point in your addiction where the drug that you're so addicted to no longer gives you any pleasure. Wow. But yet, but yet you need it. And, and that is just totally miserable place to be. And then you get off the drugs and you're withdrawing and, um, it's just such a miserable enslavement and way to live. And so, uh, it was in 2013, I decided I was going to shoot myself with a gun and, it was in that commitment. I remember thinking to myself, okay, I'm going to do it. Like, this is it. And I remember in that commitment on my way to go do that, uh, that the Lord uh, spoke to me. Literally. The Lord spoke like you- to me. Yeah, like, a, it's hard to describe. I don't know how to describe it. Um, yes, like he spoke to me, like in my pursuit. And uh, here's the funny thing. I didn't know scripture that well at the time. But you know, what he, you know what he said to me? He said, Jimmy, where are you? The same thing that he said to Adam in, G- in Genesis 3. I have goosebumps. And, and it, I said a very simple prayer, and I just, I remember, it was really the first time I had looked up just towards God, towards heaven. I, like, my first time I genuinely looked to him, and all I said is, help me. Wow. Just help me. And it's funny because in my addiction all this time, I had never done that. I had never, I, I had tried rehab. I tried counseling. I tried mental health stuff. I tried everything. And it was like nothing worked. Nothing could touch this monster that was inside me. Um, but in that very simple prayer, Lord, help me. Um, he did. Now, the funny thing is he didn't help me right then. But... <laughs> But he did give me the strength to not pursue suicide. And I think it was about a week later is when I had a backpack with two pairs of clothes and a Bible, and I was at the front doors of Teen Challenge. Wow. And so it was there at Teen Challenge, I I believe it was two weeks in, that I was in the prayer room, and I was reading John chapter 3, and there was some worship music playing, and God just took the blinders off. I mean, my whole life... Everyone had shared everything about the gospel. They told me about how Jesus died for my sins. And every time I would hear that, I would be like, sweet, awesome. I can be my own God and do whatever I want and still go to heaven. Great. And that was always my attitude, just this perverted grace, just this idea that, you know, um, you know, I'm, I'm Christian because I'm American, you know. And so for, for, the, for the first time, it was like these blinders came off and it finally made sense that, that Jesus died for my sins. And that I could be forgiven and that it is a a free gift and uh, that I can repent and turn from my sin and be forgiven and experience a new life. And so it it all just, the Holy Spirit just really moved and worked in me. And I remember um, just weeping and crying and there was just this deliverance. There was this burden lifted. Um, I I even, honestly, I believe there was just some supernatural healing in my brain because I mean, from all the drugs I did, I mean, it was just yeah. things weren't working right. Upstairs, so <laughs> things weren't working right. And so um, so it was November of 2013 that the Lord really did a supernatural work in my heart. And he literally gave me a new heart. And what I mean by that is that he, he did a heart transplant to where the sin that I loved, he created in me a hatred for it. Wow. And the God that I hated he created a love in my heart for him. And, and, and that's what he did. 
he, he changed my affections. Um, he, he, he lifted all of the burdens that, that I was carrying. And so um, that was the initial just salvation moment was at that point. And uh, obviously, as you guys know, I, I spent seven months there, which um, you could not offer me enough money to ever take that experience back. Because in that seven months at Teen Challenge, I feel like the Lord gave me what I needed to be independently dependent on the Lord when I left there. Yes. And, and what I mean by that is I can't afford to relapse. Um, you know, a businessman who loves money, he relapses and nobody notices. Or someone who um, looks at porn, they might relapse and nobody knows and they do it behind closed doors. But for addiction and for addicts, it's like, you, you just can't afford to relapse. Um, you know, I, and that was my mindset at the time. It was just like, I know that if I relapse, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Um, because I was such an extremist in my addiction. And so, um, so those seven months there, the Lord gave me tools, um, just discipleship, the importance of just um, learning more of God's word, um, learning what it means to walk in the spirit. What's that look like? Um, being able to conquer other things in my life. I always say, it's not just about the drugs. It's like I had sexual addictions. I had um, codependency problems. I had all kinds of issues, not just drugs, but, you know, all kinds of stuff that the Lord wants to work on and and help me through. And so that, in that seven months, um, the Lord really just shaped me and molded me and conformed me more into the image of Christ. And so um, I didn't graduate there perfect by any means, but I at least graduated there with enough zeal and umph, uh, so to say, to, to, you know, when I got out and the old drug dealers hit me up, and they do, um, I was able to say, no, no, I want nothing to do with that. And so, uh, and to do that confidently, you know. And so um, I graduated there, and I think it was July or June of 2014, and uh, moved back to Mount Vernon. And of course, all the the counselors were like, don't go back to your hometown. That's a bad idea, which I, I totally understand that. I remember I, I'm not, that. I remember I don't, it. <laughs> you don't go back to your hometown, but um, I couldn't shake it. The Lord made it very clear that I was supposed to go uh, come back up here. Um, so I did. And I came up here and I, I started my own handyman business. And that was great for a few years. And then the Lord just pressed it on my heart so much to um, start a ministry here in this area that would help addicts and provide for them a safe place where they can hear the gospel, um, where they can hopefully respond to it and then be effectively discipled over the, the course of, of um, long-term. And so really that, that was the, the vision that God created in me to start here. Um, and there's a lot more to that whole story, but uh, I, I know you just asked for my testimony, so I'll, no, I'll, I'll stop that, there. No, there were things that, in there that I didn't even know. That is, yeah. that's kind of to, to sum it all up. The I think the gnawing question that parents out there have, and you might not even have an answer for this. What do you, and maybe God has shown it to you. You were in different rehabs. You had a Christian mom. You had, I'm sure, family members and people who were praying for you. What do you peg the the uh, the the waking up, the the true like the change that happened in you? Because you guys, when we met Jimmy, I think it was in that January. It, that January. So he'd only ha he's only been really truly saved for just a couple months. Yeah. 
and I met this guy and he's so filled with God. You like knew the Bible. I don't know if you had like read the whole Bible. I don't know. You were just so hungry and you understood it and you grasped it in a way that I've never met somebody who grasped the Bible that quickly um, after coming to know Jesus. Um, maybe our friend Matt, but there's just, just something in you that you, you went and it, you became addicted to Jesus, but not in a way that was superficial. It was so deep inside of you. Has God showed you, you know, was there something that led up to that moment? Was that like the apex of like a, like something else? Or was this just one moment? What, what do you think it was for you that made that, yeah. that huge switch, huge switch? Yeah. Yeah. Abs um, I, I am fully convinced, um, prayer. I think it was my mom praying for me mm, and, really good. you know, every family, they go through this stage. I've, I've, I've noticed it. Um, the first stage is denial, you know, oh, my son's not an addict, you know, he's just hanging out with the wrong crowd, you know, and it's just kind of like this phase of denial. And then there's, um, what I call savior complex. And so the family, like, finally they, they accept, oh my goodness. Okay. There, this is an issue and he or she is an addict. And so we need to do something in our own strength to fix them, right? And so that's the hardest part, um, going through that phase. Um, but you find that parents who've been dealing with a, with a loved one in addiction, they'll reach a point at some point where they realize there's nothing they can do. They've said everything, yeah. they've offered everything, they've literally given every resource you could ever imagine, and they come to the same conclusion that they can't fix them. You can't fix them. And so... What I would say with prayer is I, I would say patient prayer. Mm. And I say patient because um, my mom prayed for me for years, years, um, years of just praying and weeping and, and, and heartbroken over my addiction. But there, she reached a point in that, in her prayer for me, where God not only shaped her heart in that, but she reached a point where she was at total peace with it. And she just totally gave me to the Lord and said, Lord, <laughs> she finally let go <laughs> of the situation and gave it to the Lord. And she said, the moment she prayed that prayer is when I uh, ended up going to the doors of Teen Challenge. And so I'm not saying that that's going to be the case for everyone right, out right, there. Right. Obviously, God works, you know, in mysterious ways and all that. But um, prayer is your most powerful tool yes. for a loved one in addiction. And, and I, I emphasize this patient prayer be patient with your prayers because i know we have a tendency to pray and then it's like god you're not doing anything yeah actually things are getting worse <laughs> and it's like <laughs> well, it's it's patient prayer and a lot of the times when things do get worse for them it's actually god answering prayer so yeah um, no that's no so but let's okay and i want to delve into that maybe we can come back around to that because that is kind of part of the um the process that we all go through whether it's an addict or anyone that's trying to find their way to Jesus. Sometimes our lives literally get worse. And that is God saying, come to me. And, and he's, he's allowing these things to happen so that when we hit rock bottom, then we look up like Jimmy did for the first time, which is just so powerful to hear that you did that. Um, but, but speaking to your time at, at, at Teen Challenge, and I, I kind of want to emphasize guys, Teen Challenge 
they're an amazing ministry. If you can support them, please do so. Um, is not the answer. Lazarus Life Ministries is not the answer. Just because these things have worked for different people, the bottom line, full stop answer is Jesus Christ. And so maybe you could talk to people about how uh, it's it was that move of Jesus inside of you that because uh, this is like you with John, right? John's got the answer. Somebody may be watching, they're in addiction or they have a loved one in addiction. Oh, Teen Challenge is the answer. Oh, Lazarus Life Ministries is the answer. If they if they feel that way, then they're kind of missing the point that Jesus ultimately is the answer and he will put you or your loved one where they're supposed to be to find him. That's, you You nailed it, Michelle. I mean, it, we, we tell the guys this Lazarus house. I tell them almost every week. I say, this program will not change you. Like, this is just a vehicle. That literally, all we're doing is creating some structure and some rules and some space. Yeah. In hopes that <laughs> you will seek the Lord. That's and so the, good. The, and that's what we're trying to do. It's just, we're just a vehicle. We're not even... You know, because they'll get mad at us and they're like, oh, this rule's stupid and stuff. You know, they'll complain and stuff like that. And it's like, look, you can go to any program you want. And it's like, I, I promise you, it's if you're putting your hope in the program or in yeah. people or, you know, you're, you're hoping that we'll, you know, just fix you somehow. It's like <laughs> the answer is the power of the gospel Come and on. the power of God and the power of the God, uh, power of Jesus and, and the Holy Spirit. And so, you know, we, that is so that is it, you know, and I, I think with uh, the clinical medical model that we're facing in uh, really in Western culture in, in, in America, I think it's really hard, even as Christians, to to believe like <laughs> that the gospel alone could really supernaturally change someone in addiction. Yeah. You know, we just, we have a hard time with that because it's like, well, is that sufficient? You know, <laughs> But it's yeah. like, we, we struggle with that, but I'm telling you, I've seen it. It is sufficient. And and I'm not anti-medications or anti, you know, some of that stuff's good. A lot of it's bad, but you know, it's, it's, the point is, is that either the gospel works or mm. doesn't, you know, and, and either the word of God is alive and powerful or it's not. And so, right. um, but it is, you, you see it working in people's lives. And, and, and that's why we named Lazarus Lazarus is that, if you look around, you see a lot of that on the news, but if you, you know, open your eyes a little bit wider, there are hundreds, uh, hundreds of people who you would look at and say they are totally lost, totally hopeless, and like they'll be dead in a week. And God is saving them and mm -hmm. raising them from death to life. That's so good. And so it's like it's happening. Like yeah. The gospel's still spreading and people are, are being transformed by his power and grace. So. That's awesome. And well, and to kind of maybe give parents, I know there are people who have kids in addiction who uh, they, they've tried different things. You know, there's a lot of different laws in the book. Some work, some don't. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of parents that I've talked to who hate the catch and release because at least their kid is is less likely to be doing drugs if they're in jail. They would rather you just be in jail uh, than yeah. this whole catch and release, you know, free drug thing. Um, but what is the the model that God has given you? How do you compare that to the world's model? And maybe kind of talk about the the different things that that do actually work. Um, you were talking about either you know, medications and some, see, some people see addiction as like a medical condition. 
And, you know, if somebody came to you with a gunshot wound or, you know, a knife wound, then you're going to need to operate on them. And I think what you were saying is that addiction, there's too much emphasis on looking at addiction as some sort of thing that you can operate on rather than no, you're, what you're saying is like, this is a heart thing and you can't operate on the heart, right? Only like with a, with, yeah. a, with a needle and, and some scalpel. scalpel, right? Is that, yeah. is that what I'm getting from you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and to be totally just blunt, if I can, um, I would say our models aren't different. They're totally contrary. Okay. And what I mean by that is like their diagnosis is literally the complete opposite of what we would say. So like the medical clinical model is like, this is a biological chronic lifelong disease. Yeah. Right. And, and, and what we're saying is like, absolutely not. Like you can be free and set free from this. Um, they would say that the answer is like self-help or self-confidence or self-management. We, we would teach like, actually, there's nothing you can do about it, but I know the one who can do something about it. So it's yeah. like literally the opposite of what we're trying to, to do. And so the, the clinical medical model is what I call it is, um, you know, they base it off science, um, which again is, is very misconstrued when they present it. Um, and, and basically the idea is that they have claimed that addiction is a brain disease. And so that's really? what they would call it. It is okay. a brain disease. And there are people who are born who in their reward system, serotonin, dopamine, endorphins that are lacking, which is then causing them to seek out illegal drugs. So people are born so, addicts is what they're saying. Like it's a disability. It's a disease. Yes. Yeah. Sort of. Sort of. So they'll they'll say, yes, born addicts, but but really full-fledged once they used. And so basically what they're saying is let's find a medication that equals out your reward system. Mm -hmm. um, let's, let's fix this drug addiction with, um, with drugs, <laughs> with legal drugs. Right. And right, so right, let's, right, right. let's try to, you know, suffice your brain um, using science and medication, stuff like that. And again, I'm not totally against all of that because, you know, there are some legitimate um, cases where people like certainly do need medications. And so like, I'm not like totally anti-meds or anything like that, but um, th that is strictly their model. And so, um, and, and, and what it, what that cultivates is just, you know, a dependency then on prescriptions. And so yes. um, I know I've got a handful of people that I work with that, that they can't get off the prescriptions. They can't, and they've tried and they withdraw just like they would any other illegal substance. And so it's like, they're just have traded one thing for another. Or you could say um, a, for a safer addiction, if you will. Mm, um, yeah. And so, so that, you know, that model, in, in my opinion, just it fails. Uh, it falls short. Um, there is a little bit of good in, you know, some of that, but a lot of it is, is really bad. And if you follow the money in it, it's mm. even worse. It'll make, you, it'll make you sick to your stomach to see the kickbacks between the pharmaceutical companies, between the doctors, and between... Um, you know, uh, what they're doing with Suboxone and Methadone. I mean, it, it'll make you sick. What okay. the, the, the and kind of some money of these treatment have. centers, uh, we've had some friends that we've helped try to get through some treatment they're centers. tens of thousands are, of dollars. Like, the money is, is it, I mean, a regular rehab is like $10,000 a month. It's, it's insane. Yeah, it's all about Medicaid, billing Medicaid, and they run people through like cattle and it'll make wow. you sick with their banking. And uh, and the sad part is when they know that the Medicaid has, is back up, they'll call the person and say, 
hey, Kevin, how you doing? Have you been using drugs recently? Do you want to come back in our program? And, and the, the, the sad part is, is once insurance is up in programs, they kick you out the door. Oh, so wow. if, so like, literally, it's like, if your insurance is not covering, they will kick you out the door because it's all based on billing for Medicaid. Um, this is awful. It, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. So I have a couple of thoughts here as you've been talking. I mean, this, this, I, I feel like we're going to have to have you back. I don't know. Um, but so when we're talking about this God-shaped hole. And and you're saying that they say in the medical model that you're born with this, kind of. Well, I would say, you know what? Actually, everyone is. Everyone is born with that hole that you talked about at the at the top of the, the show here, where you're like, I was always missing something. And then some people stumble upon drugs. And other yeah. people stumble upon you know, their job or whatever it is that you use that you put in place of Christ in that hole. But going back to Leo, I, I, I told Jimmy prior to the show about the revelation that God's been giving us on resurrection and what that truly means. There are people that are walking around totally dead, just yeah. as dead as a drug addict that's, you know, like two weeks away from their last overdose, right? The, the death that you walk around in without Christ is the death that we're talking about that you, that, that only the power of Christ I, can bring you back. I from. think what you're saying is that you take away the power of the uh, addiction and you help people who you're not and, and not to label people as an addict, but as somebody yeah. who's missing God and the fullness of God is that, yeah. I think that's where Michelle was getting at. Absolutely. Absolutely. I always say you have a worship disorder. That's what I tell them. You have a worship disorder. And if you want to look at what worship looks like, look at an addict. And I know it's a poor example, but my point is, is that what you're trying to find in that drug and all the energy and the time and the resource and just that commitment that's supposed to be for the Lord. Mm -hmm. That was his original design was that we would worship him in that way. Um, Obviously, it's kind of a distorted way because they're, you know, out of their mind and all that. But my, my point being is... I feel that's um, a valid comparison. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know, you're that's what you're missing. You're worshiping the wrong thing. <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, you know, it, it, it is true. It's, it's uh, you know, when you find God and you find Christ and you put that commitment towards him. Yeah. Um, then your heart is filled. It's full. Um, he, we found what we were looking for, mm -hmm. yeah. or at least trying to look for and, and created things. It reminds me of Paul when he comes across the people that are worshiping all these different gods and he goes to the one yeah. placard, it's like the unknown God. And he's like, well, yeah. here you go. This is the one that you've been looking for your whole, you know, in, in, in this search and this journey. And, and that's, there's a scripture where Jesus is saying, I didn't come for the healthy. You guys think you're fine. Okay. I came for the sick. I came for those who, who are brokenhearted, who want something different, who are in hot, passionate pursuit of something. And they're just totally not fulfilled. You know, it's harder. And actually the Bible says this for rich people, well-off people, people who are just fine to enter into yeah. the kingdom of God than it is somebody who's miserable, who who's ready to, for a change. Anything is yeah. better than where I'm at right now, you know? Yeah. And, and maybe, maybe give some people the hope. Maybe you can talk about, have you been able to lead, help other people out of addiction? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, 
Uh, obviously, I started Lazarus Life Ministries back in 2018 as a nonprofit, but we actually finally launched um, just last year in February. And um, uh, basically what our ministry does, it's divided into three phases. Phase one is the first 30 days. And basically all we do is we just evangelize. We just, we love on them. We take care of them. Um, we meet their practical needs, all that stuff. But, but really we're, we're there to, to clearly help them see what the gospel is. Cause to be totally honest, you know, a lot of people do not understand it. They do not know that like we're very postmodern post. We're not, you know, people don't know what the gospel is. And if they do, they have a very misconstrued idea about it. And so um, I, I absolutely love working with addicts. And, and, and here's why, is that they're more open than your average Joe to hear mm -hmm. the gospel. And, and not only that, but like, I don't have to convince them that they're bad people. It's like, you know what I mean? It's like, I, I really don't have to put like, we don't have to spend a whole lot of time talking about sin. Like they, like they know. I get it. Like I get it. You know what I mean? So I don't have to spend a lot of time there. Whereas like, you know, there's people I know that they own a business, their life's really well. And, you know, they do a lot of good things. And, and I talk about sin and they're just like sin, like they have no clue. But with, right. with people in addiction, I don't, I don't need to do that. And so um, you're absolutely right, Leah. It's like, uh, I love working with people in addiction because, um, man, if they can get a hold of the gospel, they typically are on fire and they make some of the best evangelists. I will yes. say that. And so um, they have a more open ear, um, I found, than just talking to your average Joe. And so um, they know they're sick, <laughs> most of them. Um, they, they realize that. And so um, th that, that's encouraging. It is. Um, there's hope there. And so, and I get it. I get my, you know, my sister is in a, currently active in addiction and, you know, patient prayer and um, having that hope that God will, will, you know, use that addiction that she's struggling with to, to open her eyes to the truth. And you are uniquely fitted for this call. And I think that that's why God um, has placed you where you where you are, because you, you mentioned your sister. You have two sisters. You have a twin yeah. sister and then you have a sister that that has struggled on and off, you know, yeah. since we've known you. And so not only have you experienced the life, but you've also experienced the life of being a loved one praying yeah. in that patient prayer. And yeah. I think that that's why God chose you. Right. I think that's one of the reasons, because. When you're ministering to people, you need to be able to relate to them a lot of times. Not always, right? You're not going to, you, anyone can minister to a drug addict. You don't have to have, have been one. But a lot of times when God calls you out of something, he's going to call you to go back in and minister to that. And the one thing that I've seen through you from literally day one, you say you had this handyman business and yeah, that's, that was your life. You've been preaching since you left Teen Challenge. You've been speaking out about this. You have not been silent. Like no one could shut Jimmy Alexander up. It's been one of the mainstays of whenever you come up in conversation, when I'm trying to tell somebody something, whatever it is, that that kind of, you chose to go on the offensive at the devil for the one thing that he tried to take from you, right? And I think that that's, that's kind of key. So maybe you're watching and you're tuning in and you are, you're a struggling addict and you've been sober for a few years and you're like, but I still struggle. One of the things that I have personally seen from the complete outside 
for you, Jimmy, is that kind of one of the greatest defenses and weapons that you have used is going on the offense. Am I right? Do, am I oh, yeah. seeing that incorrectly? Yeah, absolutely. And and to be honest, it's like, I, you know, I, I feel like the Apostle Paul where it's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm compelled. Like, wow. I, I don't, like, I, how can I not? It's like, I don't, and, and not only that, but it's just, it's such a stronghold. I mean, yeah. it's just, it's one of the biggest leading causes of death. And there's, I mean, it's just, it's insane how many people are addicted. And um, you're right. It's, it's one of the greatest offenses. And just personally, for me, honestly, it's like, it's really hard for me to use. And it's really hard for me to even think about using when I'm helping other people mm-hmm. in addiction. It's right. like, I, it's just so, um, there's so many benefits to doing that. And so, um, yeah, that the Lord would, would use me. I, I don't know. I feel like, you know, again, like the apostle Paul, <laughs> chief, <laughs> chief of sitters. I'm like, you know, I don't, I'm not, but it's, you know, it's been a, it, it's been, um, uh, yeah, being on the offensive, uh, it's, it's certainly been hard and difficult. You know, you get a lot of pushback, you get all that, you know, but, um, I'm sure as you guys know, um, you get ridiculed a lot, but, um, but I, I love it. I love it. I wouldn't be doing anything else. And I do understand, you know, cause since I've been through it, a lot of the times, you know, at the house, sometimes they're like, you don't, you know, sometimes I don't even share my testimony until like a few weeks in. Oh wow! And so they're there and they'll be like, you don't know what it's like to be, you know, and I'm like, actually I do. <laughs> I can, <laughs> I can relate. I, you know, yeah. It's even more powerful that they wouldn't recognize that's the the, the transformative power mm-hmm. of Christ in your life. They can't see they it. They can't on even you. see it. Now, I also want to kind of give a little insight um inside baseball into things that I have said about you behind your back and I was just talking to our best friends um prior to this interview and uh telling them that you were going to come on the show. And one of the things also that stands out to me and has stood out to me throughout knowing you is this sense of purity that you have that 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 you literally to go backwards would be like it's almost unfathomable because you have tasted and seen what it means to be holy that god is holy and it's it's in that holiness and in that purity where it's very difficult to have one foot in the world and one foot in Christ when you've seen that purity and that holiness and that's one thing that I that has always stood out to me about you that's so very rare that you understand God's holiness what was that transformation like because you know most people it they would be totally adverse to stealing a car like it would never enter their mind. You know what I mean? Like it would like they would they would revolt at that or, you know, some of the different things that you, you addicts have done or steal somebody's jewelry. Like there's something in us as, you know, as if you grow up in a good household with loving parents, you're like, I would revolt at doing that. And so what even like with, you know, whether it's sexual purity or uh, the drugs or the alcohol, something changed in you to where it became revolting and is there something that you can pin that on? Is there something that God revealed to you? Because that I think that's the key, right? So like if you're looking at a pile of dog poo and it's covered in chocolate, even if you're a chocoholic, you are not going to eat that because it's revolting, right? Yeah. And so when you yeah. finally see that for what it is, it's so revolting, you would never touch it. What? How, what is that? How did that happen? Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, I would say it's a culmination of things, but I, I, the first thing that, that when you guys are, are talking about that, a lot of it is, is honestly just experiencing the Lord, I, I feel mm -hmm. like is, has been so helpful for me. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, when you walk in God's way, in his truth, and what he commands, you start to experience the benefits and the spiritual life and the joy and the fruits of the spirit. And once you start tasting that stuff, mm. you look back at the other stuff and you're like, why was I even there? Why yeah. was I even doing that? Um, you know, and so... And so really that's a, what a, a lot of it is what, what really helped shape my, my heart. And of course, God helps me change my affections as well. But a lot of it's just experiencing the Lord and walking in him and seeing that, you know, this way of life, life is, is far better than, than that. Um, and so typically really any sin, even today that I fall into, whatever it is, whatever form it might be manifesting itself, a lot of it is just... I'm not recognizing that God's got something better. You know, mm. it's like, therefore I'm, I'm taking the shortcut. I'm just trying to find a temporary whatever. And, and so, um, you know, I, I feel like a lot of it's just that, uh, some of it's just renewing the mind and, and, and that takes time. What you does know? that does mean that renewing the mind? Yeah. For me, it's like, I've got these, these loops in my brain, right. That, that aren't healthy. And, and I'm renting space in my mind to things that aren't healthy. And uh, it, it's taking the word and interrupting those processes and, and allowing scripture and the Holy Spirit to, 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 to come in there and interrupt that thinking pattern and start thinking God's way. Start That's looking so through good. the lens of scripture and start, um, you know, because there's always a narrative going on up here. And it's like, okay, what I need is God's narrative, not my narrative, not satan's narrative not the world's narrative it's like i need god's narrative and so it's it's interrupting those those proclivities and those strongholds in my mind and um we interrupting all have those. those and to bring yeah. it back to this is not just a show about people who are addicted to heroin and maybe you can talk about some of maybe some more practical things of what people are using now and and you know maybe talk to the parents who are struggling with those different things and uh, how to maybe you know, maybe recognize the signs of, of their kids are into that. But um, all of us have these thought processes that need to be interrupted. And I love what you're talking about is that you're replacing uh, this negative thought process with, with, with something that God would say. And there's a scripture, whatever things are good, whatever things are wholesome, whatever things have a good report, uh, if there be any virtue, if there's any praise, think on these things and the God of peace will strengthen your heart. And I know that's, that's kind of eight and nine. That's, I have memorized that one. <laughs> I know that that's like a, maybe a King James mumbo jumbo, but basically what God is saying is that you need to meditate on good things yeah. if you want to have peace and God will strengthen yeah. your heart in all these dark places because we all have, unless you are pursuing yourself in your flesh and you're just going at it and things are going well, which in some people's cases, it goes really well. And then you come crashing into, you know, whether you see celebrities or, or sports people, you're like, wow, their life is so good. And then 10 or 15 years down the line, you look at like Elvis who died at 42. Not that was a crash and burn. Okay. So it was going well until it wasn't. Okay. So you can look at a lot of people who it looks like, you know, people are living a long life and they're living up their sin and they're fine. Um, 
But in reality, we all have these thought processes. If you are a good person, if you love God and you are not filling your flesh on the yacht somewhere, you're going to have these thoughts that are like, I could do this better or this is wrong and and this is awful. Or and when is God going to give me everything that he's promised or Exactly. Whatever. And so this is not just for... Um, the, what, what Jimmy is talking about is it's, yeah, it's actually almost easier for a drug addict who can see, okay, if I'm off of drugs, then I'm good. You know, um, my mom was putting scriptures in, in here, you know, blessed are the, the, the meek, blessed are the poor in spirit. They will see God. It's, it's so much easier to get, you know, if you've, if you've met somebody who's down on their luck and they don't have a lot of stuff, you can scrounge up a bunch of stuff from your house and give it to them and they'll be grateful for it. Okay, but if you're if you're in a mansion and you've got all the cars and everything, it's harder to 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 reach those people, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But for all of us, we all have those thoughts. We all have yeah. those those things that need to be interrupted with the word. So, are you talking about literally physically reading the word? Yeah, I mean, part that's definitely part of it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely reading it, and then. Um, yeah, I think with the scripture you just shared, Leah, uh, meditating on it and, and allowing that to just take, replace the thinking patterns that I have. Um, they say so the tape, it, replace the tape, put in a different uh, yeah, tape. Replace the, yeah, replace the tape. And, you know, this is what we do at, at Lazarus Life Ministries are helping these guys because their thought processes are so whack, you know, and it's because of sin, you know, and, and like you said, Leah, we all have it. And I think that's what renewing the mind means is taking God's truth, meditating on it, digesting it, feeding on it, and allowing it to rent the space in our minds that, that it's supposed to, you do know, you, because, yeah, go ahead. Do you have some examples on like what you might say to some of the, some of the guys that come in, like, you know, they've have a certain line of thinking. Do you help, like, do you have some, some tips that you give them to help them to, to break those, to break that tape? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of it is um, so just small things, but but you know, um, during Bible studies and groups and one on ones, we do all that stuff. You know, it's um, but but you know, they come in. Um, I'm just going to give you like an example. Like there's a guy who's struggling with rejection, hmm. so he came into our program. His girl left him, and he's just struggling greatly with just rejection, and so. Um, you know, he, he is a, a professing believer. Um, as of right now, I don't got any reason not to believe him. And so, you know, we're just looking at scriptures that talk about God's acceptance mm. and how um, the fear of man and, and man's rejection, like that doesn't, you know, another person's thought of you doesn't matter as much as what God thinks of you. And so helping him to, um, first of all, believe that by faith, you know, actually believe that, not just say you believe it, but actually in your heart, believe it. And then two, just a prayer breath is kind of what I say. Just throughout your day, say it. I'm accepted by you, God, and that's all that matters. And so just throughout your day, just I'm accepted by you, God, and that's all that matters. And you're just kind of speaking it over yourself. You're just kind of verbally processing it. Um, maybe even write it out. You know, some guys, they really benefit just pen and paper. You know, write it out. Write, write certain scriptures out and, and just think about it, look at it, read on it. And so... Um, you know, a lot of these guys, it's like, you don't know the TV shows and the music you listen to and all that. You have no idea how much it affects you. Yeah. It's like, what if you directed that attention towards scripture? 
Like what would happen? What would it look like? You, you watch just uh, Netflix for two hours. What would happen if you looked at scripture for two hours? Mm. It's like, you know, it's like, you know, and, and you'd be surprised what happens, you know, and it's just, it's amazing what can happen if you could just take some time and direct some attention towards God's word and, and just put some intentionality. I think that's the key word, intentionality um, towards scripture. So you know, God. Do, you have, do you have some testimonies of some, some people who have been, uh, that you've, you've seen through, you know, the, the past several years that are like you that have turned and, and are now passionately pursuing God? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, you know, there's, um, you know, there's, there's several men who, um, I mean, of course there's lots of relapses, you know, but, but there's, there's guys that are still doing really well. And so, like I said, uh, at the beginning, um, yeah, I've seen lots of guys, lots of guys, lots of women, even, um, that God's just, they don't look back, you know, God saves them. And, and there's other people too, that they're doing really well, but yeah, they, you know, they still fall and they still make some mistakes and they still relapse, but, but they're fighting, they're mm -hmm. fighting. They don't live there. That's yeah. the key. You That's know, they cool. might fall, but they get back up as the proverb says, and, um, they don't live there. And, and it's funny, um, when you find Christ and, and what I've seen is people who find Christ and they relapse, they don't get the same feeling from the drugs that they used mm -hmm. to beforehand. Yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of funny. They, it's just like, I, I, you know, I thought it would give me the same feeling, but it doesn't. And I'm like, well, it's probably the Lord's discipline and his doing. Yeah. So it's no, cool to see that. This is so important for less. Let's, let's go there. Um, next, because we talk about bringing the dead back to life, which is essentially what you guys are doing at Lazarus life ministries. Relapse is not the same thing as losing your salvation. And we need to be very clear about this. And so if you have a loved one that went, you know, uh, to the wayside, but you know that they found Jesus, sometimes the uh, the addiction or whatever is, is, then we can go back to kind of almost the scientific aspect of it. There's, there's, there's the spiritual stronghold, there's the physical stronghold and all of that. But I want you guys to understand something that as, as we, you know, have loved ones in our lives who are struggling with these addictions, the most important thing is not the addiction, it's their salvation. And I yeah. think if we shift the focus from thinking that if they OD and die, that that's the death. This goes back to what Lee and I have been talking about the past couple of days. This has been our conversation. It's been in our videos. The second death has no hold on someone that yeah. physically dies when they know Jesus Christ. That's yeah. what Lazarus Life Ministries is. That's what yeah. you are doing. You are literally bringing dead men back to life. Yes, we want them to be sober and we want them mm -hmm. to be able to live a full life of many, many years free from addiction. But ultimately, that salvation is the life. Can you speak speak to that? Oh yeah, we um, let's see Christmas weekend. Um, our our first graduate. Uh, this guy loved the Lord, sang all day long. I had to rebuke someone in Lazarus Life Ministries for singing worship songs <laughs> because he would sing so loud all the time, and it was like it was like, dude. Like, I'd never thought in a million years in ministry I would rebuke someone. I'd have to tell them to stop singing worship songs. Like, this dude loved the Lord, and he graduated, and he did wonderful. And um, long story short, he relapsed, and he died. 
Um, and you know, I felt very privileged by the Lord to have that last six months with him, um, love him to death. And, um, you know, I don't know the, the exact mind of the Lord, but there's no doubt in my mind that the Lord was like, dude, if you're going to keep doing this, just come home. <laughs> so, wow. I think the Lord, I think the Lord just took him, you know, and, and there's no doubt in my mind. I have total peace about that. You know, I, I don't think, you know, that he was judged for that one relapse and all that. And so, um, yeah, you got to be careful, you know, my testimony, um, why the Lord took totally just my desire for, for going back to drugs. I, I, I don't know. There's other things he didn't necessarily take all away. And there's things I've struggled with throughout the years. And so, um, I think you're right, Michelle, you got to be careful. Um, relapse doesn't mean <laughs> condemnation. Um, some people, it's just going to be more of a fight than others. I want to read and, this comment from Margaret on Facebook. It says, it's the same thing as someone who has an addiction to eating. If they messed up and went to McDonald's and ate five hamburgers, do they lose their salvation? <laughs> Absolutely not. But the consequences are there. The but the consequences, consequences are, are there. Are different. Yeah. So if you're, you know, obviously going to be doing drugs and, and we could have a whole long uh, conversation. Well, does God see a difference between legal drugs and illegal drugs and, and different things like that? But we're, you're talking about the sin, the sin nature and sin overcoming you. And um, when it comes to salvation, you have to, what, when, when one turns their back on Christ, that is a, there is a wholesale, you know, you know, renouncing of your salvation, renouncing of God. I don't believe in you anymore. That is completely different than being so broken. You're in the midst of something. I mean, the Bible actually have scriptures of, uh, it's not for uh, kings to drink strong drink, but let a poor man wallow. And there's a scripture that says that. Um, and, you know, while the Bible says don't drink to excess and don't drink to be drunk, you know, there's, there's a there's an element of pharmacia which is witchcraft which is letting in the demonic when it comes to drugs and that's a whole nother yeah. do you want to talk about that is there do you deal with the demonic do you, you you've obviously had to be delivered of the, the demonic when you're dealing with pharmacia when you're opening these up we've we've talked to even in our time at teen challenge with a lot of the guys they will tell you i've seen demons i've seen angels i've seen snakes i've seen wizards because i've seen it, all kind of stuff but jimmy before you answer that question i want to throw this in because i wanted to say this earlier god gave you a revelation while you were still at team challenge of pharmacia and that transcends illicit illegal drugs that is a, that a, is applicable to a lot of the drugs that we are seeing these people getting prescribed today it's all it comes from the same root which is witchcraft yeah oh yeah it's i, I mean yeah because it's such an issue i thought surely the bible has something to say about it and i'm looking and i'm like the bible doesn't say anything about drugs but then i looked closer and someone introduced me to the hebrew and greek language and all that and that was fun but um i realized oh it's throughout scripture <laughs> like actually this is nothing new under the sun and so um in the old testament the the hebrew word for witchcraft um actually it a part of it not the main meaning but but a sub meaning of it is is herb user um, to, to speak to the, you know, the divinity, you know, it's just this idea of using herbs to get put into a trance. And then obviously in the, the Greek New Testament, there's pharmakia, which is literally means drug user or drug administrator, um, which is where we get our English word pharmacy, which right. is interesting. So, you know, it, it really is demonic, um, especially I've seen it most when people are under the influence, um, 
their eyes, everything. I mean, it's just the things they say. It's just, um, it's, it's demonic. It's just totally demonic. And I could go into that and I've got stories for days there, but, um, I, that's probably for another time. Do you have any thoughts? Um, and it, I'm a little concerned with, you know, a lot of my truther friends who, um, who kind of feel like it's okay to go down the magic mushroom, um, mm -hmm. uh, like it's different somehow. And because, because it's natural. It, it opens up a different world and, and, the, and creation talks to you and you can find healing through that. You know, it seems like there's, it's, it's, it's got to be two sides of the same coin, but the people who go down the magic mushroom route say it's healing versus like the heroin and, you know, the, mm -hmm. the meth, which obviously is so damaging. Do you have thoughts on the, on that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard. It's like the marijuana talk. It's like, you know, there's all that controversy and all that. And, um, you know, it, it, it's so hard. I, the, you know, the issue always is motives. And so it's like, a lot of it's like, look, if there's like someone who's got stage four cancer and they're taking a THC pill or, you know, whatever, it's like, you know, first of all, they're not taking it recreationally. They're not doing it to, Hey, I want to talk to demons. Like that's a whole different case. Um, but the problem is most people who, who like, you know, our activists toward, towards it are people who use it recreationally. So it's like, you know, it's so, you know, it's so, true. so I, so I always tell people like, you know, in these gray areas or in these like controversies, you know, I, I would say certainly as a Christian, you know, is this something that you would do before the cross of Christ? It's just like, I, you know, come on and preach. Like, would you like, I, I don't know. It's like, would, would I smoke a joint and my eyes are bloodshot red and I can't think straight and I got the munchies and I just want to lay around like like is that would i do that if jesus was next to me like i know like i wouldn't um now if i was on my deathbed and you know had some like very horrible chronic pain and you know maybe you know i don't know but I, I, those are hard conversations to have um i think there's a time and place certainly to use medicine herbs um things for for ailments and for healing um, yeah. Well, we do that as... too. I, I would say I, I, I draw the line specifically um, for, for me at things that are halluc the mind. hallucinogens. Yeah. Uh, when, when yeah. any part of any part of your goal is to go to a different place or to alter your mind yeah. in such a way that you are yeah. not yourself anymore, when you're slowing down time, when you're trying to transcend and to get to another universe, you are it's like a Ouija board. You're opening yourself up to the spirit yeah. realm you are, and you cannot, be, you're, I tell you what, you're not, angels are not coming in. Well, and a yeah. lot of times people will say, but if, if God didn't want this, why would they make marijuana receptors, receptors so perfect? And yeah. it, it does all this healing stuff. Why would God yeah. give us all these great things? And I'm like, well, the, 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 uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was sitting there. Okay, sometimes I think God allows these things more or less for the, yeah. you know, don't do it. You know, and you gave the, the, the scripture right there. It is not for kings to take strong drinks. Well, that's like people saying, well, why, why God gave me this desire to have, you know, sex. Why, why shouldn't I have sex outside of marriage? Well, because there's, you can just go back to the, to the word of God. And I think that we had this conversation, I think, with some of the Teen Challenge guys, and I've had it with a lot of people. It's not about the don'ts. It's about the yeah. do's. It's not about, you know, don't do this. Don't do that. Be, you know, get this out of your life. It's about filling your life That's with what difference. God has for you. So yeah. when it comes to maybe you're transcending, no, God does not, 
God has something better for you to, to transcend your mind. You don't need to go down magic mushroom lane or marijuana lane. You can get into the spirit of God. You can, you literally, sometimes people will say on our show, we get a little bit crazy. Are those girls drunk? No, we're not. It is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and, you know, we, we used to say at school, uh, there ain't no high like a Holy Ghost high. Because a Holy Ghost high don't stop. It doesn't leave you hungover. You can still think. You can still drive a yeah. car. You can help somebody. You could raise the dead. I mean, try, let's, instead of saying don't do drugs, okay, bring them over here and say, this is better. Yes, it requires some more discipline, but you, you feel better. You can even, you know, Bible even says that a bodily exercise is helpful for a little bit, but godliness is uh, profitable to all things. So godliness can even help you with your physical, you know, being healthy. So getting into that word and listening to the Holy Spirit and having a relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and filling those things up. I think that that's what, that's what you're doing. And, and that seems to be the saying. difference between Lazarus Life Ministries and your kind of goal, not even in, it's so much in comparison to the secular model, because like you mentioned earlier, they are completely contrary. But even to some of the quote unquote Christian models still focus a lot on don't, 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 instead of yeah. what you're kind of, you said to us, you spend 30 days evangelizing, like do, 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 do this. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. 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 And, and that's, and that's it. It's, it's teaching these guys how to, you know, I always say, what benefit is it? If you gain the world, but lose your soul. And it's all about living the resurrected life. It's like, that's what it's about. It's not about trying to survive. It's not about, oh, I just got to get sober. And, and, and the big thing, oh, the, the worst is a job, a vehicle, and, and, a, and a, a woman, you know? And it's like, they, they, it's like literally that's their savior. If I can get these three things, if yeah. I get a, find, find me a good job, a good vehicle, and a good woman, it's like, no, man. It's like, that's not it. Like, that is not it. That's not the end all. It's like the end all is that you would be reconciled to God. Come on and preach. That you would experience him and that you would enjoy life with him. And so that's, I mean, that's what he wants. And so um, that's what we were made for. Again, uh, just going back to that. And so, you know, we don't, uh, that, that's our goal is trying to teach these guys how to, to put to death the old, the old self. So to live that that new life. Before we end here, I I kind of want to to delve into. We're talking about the addict, the user. I still like I said in 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 my article, I call them victims. They're a victim of this world system. They never would have had any of this stuff. We can go through a whole slew of things. You guys can just tune into Resistance Chicks to find out how we got here. We and and I remember Justin even like being incredulous when he found out like kind of how the world got to the place that we're at right now that even made it so that you guys would then become addicted, right? Like, wait a minute, this was done against me, right? You yeah. were molested, um, you know, countless other people end up in drugs through a whole slew of abuses, but even and then there's access the, to the and drugs. And then there's the access to the drugs. Exactly, exactly. like all of these things yeah. are done against you. So we've got the victims, but also the family members. Can you speak to the family members? Because I wanted to be able to give people some answers. And I know you talked about patient prayer, but from a practical standpoint, there's Lazarus Life Ministries. There's what is it that if, if you have, if you could speak to people that are watching, they have a loved one that's that's in the midst and they have access to that person and that person is willing to listen, what would be your advice? Oh, man. Yeah. 
I would, uh, I would love to write a book on this because I'll tell you what, the family members are the silent sufferers because all the attention gets put on the addict and the, the poor family, my goodness, and it's all the sleepless nights and all that. So my sympathy and compassion goes out uh, to the family members because that is a, a very tough thing to go through. Um, so practically speaking, just a few practical steps, obviously prayer, that's number one, patient prayer. Um, two, um, just isolation. You know, a lot of the times we need other people, like-minded people, not just anybody, but like-minded people who can help really lock arms with you um, in this. And so I think that's important because it's just hard. We're, we're, we want to be autonomous. We don't want to uh, burden other people with or what we're, we're going through or we're ashamed and it's embarrassing and the family name and all that. It's like, get over that. You need other people. Like you need other people to lock arms with. And that, that really helps carry the burden. Um, obviously three, there's resources and, and you got to be careful, the right resources. Um, there's a lot of programs out there, but a lot of it's garbage. And so, um, you know, I'm more than willing to help people with that, just to give resources and, and help them with their loved ones. Um, as far as interacting with their loved ones, that's so hard to answer that because it's such case by case. Um, I, I think I wrote an article once, maybe it was a Facebook post about enabling and tough love. Um, and I talk about empowerment. And what I mean by that is I think both models can kind of fail, both extremes, tough love and enabling. Um, really I talk good. about trying to empower your loved one um, and that's so hard because it's like, do I give them money? Do I not? Do I let them stay at my house? Do I not? Do I, you know, tell them, ne you know, never step foot on the property again and all that. Right, right. That's yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, Because you're going to have, uh, with that, you do have some abuse. You do have, um, yeah. thievery, you know, there's a lot of stuff. Yes. How do you know the difference yes. between, um, helping somebody? I mean, is there, are there some signs? Yeah, it's hard. It's a dance. It's hard. Um, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm always very careful because this is the number one question I get asked. It's like, do I tough love them or do I sure, sure. You know, do this? And so, you know, there's signs you can look for. Um, I, I always say it's always safe to meet, 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 meet them at a neutral location. You know, if they have a history of thieving and all that, you know, use discernment. It's like, look, if they're obviously high and they're acting aggressive, don't bring them out to the house. Like, it's just, <laughs> there's signs that you would do um and things like that um you know i gave a guy uh, my coat once he said he gave me some long story it was cold out and how he didn't have a coat and an hour later i sold him the facebook marketplace he was selling it for 25 bucks <laughs> so it's like you know it's sometimes it's so hard to gauge are they manipulating <laughs> me or not and all that right and so i i don't there's not really just this clear formula this the stamp for all of it but um you know what i uh, again, this is a topic for a whole nother time because there's a lot that could be said on this. Um, but a lot of it is just looking for the signs, um, seeking discernment, making sure that you have other people who have your back and are helping you, um, counseling you because um, our, our judgment can get clouded when it's a loved one. That's so and, true. And, and, it's, and it's so hard when it's a loved one. I think and we don't always make the right decision. Also what, you know, what I've seen, and I think you've probably seen this, um, while it's you as a family member, you don't want to be isolated. You want help. 
the only way for somebody to get free from drugs is to be isolated, to be out of the system, which is why, you know, people do rehab is because you need to be out of your, your daily grind. You know, you, you have friends who will, you know, friends who you, your loved ones don't even know exist that can, will just yeah. drop something off at your doorstep. You know, th there's a reason yeah. why rehab is necessary. And, and you, and there's a reason why, maybe you can talk about, there's a reason why you don't have a telephone. Okay. Yeah. Cause we know what you're going to do. We're trying to yeah. save you from yourself. We're trying to keep you from killing yourself. We're trying to keep you from hurting other people. I mean, you know, we have, this is something that, you know, we talk about the other side of, you know, how the drugs are coming in through Mexico, the fentanyl, you know, there was just yeah. a, a huge drug bust of enough fentanyl to kill every single American over like 10, uh, 10 times over. Okay. Yeah. Um, there are, are harder and harder drugs coming over here. There are people who, who do not care about your children, who do not care yeah. about Americans, who actually want Americans dead. Yeah. And so when you recognize that this isn't just a fight, we're not I think it sometimes it takes the pressure off of you as this is my kid wow, and I'm dealing really with good. just my kid. No, you could, if you start fighting this as a spiritual battle for not just you, but other kids and the whole nation, then you can begin to use these spiritual tools and you can pull an army of people together and you yeah. can go at this in a spiritual way and say, Satan, you're not going to take my kids. You're not going to take my town. We're going to have and, and walk your town, walk it around with your Bible open, claim that ground. No drugs are going to come over where I step my feet. People are not going to take my child away from me. You're not going to take my kid. As for me and my house, we will be saved. There are scriptures that you can say over your family. You can say over your kids. There's nothing like the, the prayer of a, of a mother for her kids, but you have to know what to pray and how to pray and how to claim it and how to say yeah. to the, these demonic forces that are being used and, and know and ask for discernment in your prayer closet. You know, we, we yeah, make I think no bones about being filled with the Holy Ghost. We've taken, we, we've stopped being, you know, the Namby Pamby Christians. You got to be filled with the Holy Ghost. You got to pray on. in the spirit. You need these weapons of your warfare. You need to be able to pray in your spirit and your understanding to understand yeah. the spiritual dynamic of what is happening to my kid. Who's coming after my kid? Whoa. Because the ultimate thing is the devil is trying to kill your child. Wow. And you That's need to it. claim your Come child on. and say, that child belongs to Jesus. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords that came from my womb, my seed, and you're not going to touch my kid. As for yeah. me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My children, there's a scripture that says your children are sanctified by you. And I tell that to parents all the time. Your children are sanctified. There's a scripture. You grab onto a scripture. You hold onto it. And you don't let anything that the enemy says to you to, yeah. to, 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 to deter you. Okay? And yeah. you recognize the bigger picture. And you say to that border, you're not going to bring more drugs over that border. Oh you are not in Jesus' name. But this I is pray something that, that everybody can do. Everybody can do that. And should yeah. do. I pray That's that those right. drivers, they either get a heart attack or they repent, but those drugs don't come into America. And I pray that yeah. every every meth lab either blows up or or they or they come to know Jesus. We've got yeah. to get real with this because yeah. we are we are we are battling a battle. This is a spiritual yes. thing. It's not just, yeah. and that's the difference between the the uh, the secular model yeah. and the spiritual model. And there are spirit filled rehabs out there who will help you to recognize the spiritual soul. Yeah. When you look at an addict and you say, guess what? Somebody's trying to take you out. That means you have a call of God on your life. Yeah. That, that, yeah. and then people, whoa, wait a minute. 
I got a call. I'm going to do something. You know, it's like the guy who wrote Amazing Grace. He was a slave ship owner, but his mom prayed for him. He, you know, to, to turn into, into repent. Same with like a St. Augustine, whose mom prayed for him to turn and repent. Um, recognizing that, that it is like Michelle was saying is that when, when addicts are, are at the bottom of the barrel, okay, they're, they're not high, high on life. They're not doing well. Okay. Somebody, the devil is trying to kill you and take you out and destroy your life. That means that God has something special for you, that God has a calling on your life. And if you can recognize it and you can call on it and you can say, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I don't want to live for him. I don't want to live for the devil. And you see, and you help people to see the the difference between, and, and maybe you could say that when you're talking to these addicts, one of the things my mom would always say to Michelle and I, when we were growing up, we had an abusive alcoholic father. Sometimes we would argue things would go sideways. And I didn't know till later that this was a positive confession. She would just say, Leah, Michelle, God, God loves has a, you. And he has, and he has a, a wonderful, wonderful plan, plan for, your, for life. your life. And later I thought on, she meant it. She did mean it, but it was a, uh, later on as an adult, she told me that she would say that in these hard times. And I thought it was just like, oh, I thought, it, you know, but we believed it, but speak over your child. God has a wonderful plan for life. They are healed. Oh. They are whole. They are set free. Those kind of things. And that's, um, something that was different in you. You got radically saved and filled the Holy spirit to where you entered into that realm of, um, where you, f- you feel you are created with these these things that are supposed to connect with God, yeah. but they are spiritual, and they're supposed to connect you spiritually with God. And 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 the devil comes in, and it's a counterfeit. Being high with, being going into the magic mushrooms or going into um, the the marijuana, it is a counterfeit of what God has because it's all about you. Okay, it's yeah. selfish and it's about yeah. you. But when you go into the Holy of Holies, it's about the Come world. How can That's I save right. the world? How can I do good? And guess what? If you've ever read the Christmas Carol, any of you have seen Scrooge, it's so much better to give Wait, than it is to That receive. right there is the culmination of why we wanted you to come on the show here, Jimmy, because that's the difference. So so I want to, maybe you can speak to, and, I, and you're not going to want to do this because it's talking about yourself here. But I need you to be factual because people need to get this. Whether they are an addict or whether they are a loved one of an addict, that what sets you apart, Jimmy, is that you are giving of yourself and you have been wanting to do that from day one. You literally switched from me, me, me. I need to gratif- gratify myself to and you how- you found it was so much better to give than to receive. Am I yes. correct? Yes, amen, amen. I mean, that is it. And, and for years, I had the inability to look outside of myself. And that's narcissism. I mean, I was a narcissist. And that's really what drug addiction is. It's all about how I feel. <laughs> and if there's something out there that can manipulate my feelings and make me feel good, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to do it to the max. Um, and, and that's it. it it's, it's looking outside of yourself, looking to the Lord, and then looking. Uh, it's the two greatest commandments, loving the Lord your God and loving other people. And that's okay. it. So you have, you, you have two sons. Maybe you can talk about the difference in, and how you, and, and what it I was means to ask me. the self, same question. <laughs> being a parent means to self-sacrifice, doesn't it? Oh yeah. 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 Your, yeah, your time, uh, your sleep, the things that you have. Is that your can entire you talk life about goal the difference? Shifts. Yeah. Can you talk about the difference of going, the, being the drug addict and going after yourself and then now you're changing diapers and, 
and you're yeah. up at night and you're living is there is there a fulfillment in being self-sacrificing and loving your kids oh, tell yeah. me about oh. the love uh, you know that you have now for your kids yeah and, and just a disclaimer just i'm not perfect there's times where they get on my nerves i'm being selfish but <laughs> i will at <clears throat> sorry i lost audio for a second i will say that um it, it's love it's like i love them I don't mind changing their diapers. I, I might be doing something and I might be busy, but if Jay pulls on my shirt and says, Daddy, come play with me, I, I, like, I delight in doing that because I love spending time with him. I love him. It's like such an enjoyment, even though I'm being inconvenienced at times. Um, and so it's this motivation of just love and delight and experiencing them. And yes, it's very sacrificial, especially when they don't sleep at night for the first year of their lives. So, <laughs> so that's been, you know, but uh, absolutely. Have you been yeah. able to and see it, God's love for you in a different light since being a dad? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think it's God's design, you know, with kids and, and, and seeing that and being like, wow, um, his love just on a whole new level um, is very, is a lot of revelation in that and just in that experience and, and fatherhood and having kids. Um, you know, I, it's like Jay could be so bad and I could discipline him, um, you know, pretty sternly even, but that love for him is so deep. Wow. That, that even in his worst moment, I mean, Jay could be a homeless drug addict, spit in my face, do everything horrible. He could steal from me and do all this. And yet at the end of the day, if somebody asked me, I'm either going to kill him or you can take his place, I would take his place. Right. No matter how disobedient he is. So, <laughs> so, so like you, the contrast of you tried to OD, you tried to kill yourself, and now you've created two new human beings that instead of death, you have life coming out of you. And that's the testimony. That's that is the that is the power of God. And so, you know, one of the things we wanted to we want people to take away from this is God still does miracles. miracles. Yeah. You are yeah. a living miracle. Your life is a miracle. If somebody had seen somebody raised from the dead, which you actually have been, or walking on water, or an arm grow out, it wouldn't be any bigger miracle than yeah. watching what God has done for you. And I think that as we, as we, you know, end this up, um, you know, I know it sounds cliche, but maybe tell people if God did it for you, he can do it for them. Oh, absolutely. I love, love the scripture where, um, <laughs> when the disciples, when Jesus talks about the rich and the, the eye of the camel and all that, and they're just like, he says that and they're just like, who in the who in the world can be Nobody saved? Can be saved. Like, Whatever. Like, like, <laughs> We're done for. No, and and to be honest, you know, it's the same with with Lazarus at the tomb. It's just like people are looking. They're just like, this is impossible. Yeah, this is impossible. Look at them. They're so whacked out on drugs. They're doing crazy things. And and you know, at the end of the day, drugs, chemicals, addictive chemicals, and all that is a small thing wow. to God. It, it is a small matter to the vastness and the power of God. That's yeah. so good. Oh, that is so it, good. And we get lost in, in, you know, 
and we're looking at the addict and seeing all the damage and the destruction and the addiction and the craziness of it all. And it's like, this is nothing to God. Mm-hmm. But by him saying, come forth in a moment, he could mm-hmm. do the miraculous. Come on. Um, and so he, you know, there's hope, you know, there, there is hope. And uh, you got to trust the Lord and you got to trust his process as well. Um, Amen. That's so good. So I want to have you um, close this in prayer. But before we get to that, I want to pull up your website and I want people to, because I've had it running at the bottom of the screen. Everybody knows how to find you. Um, but for our podcast listeners, it's LazarusLife.org. Um, if you're just listening on the, on the MP3 there. But um, you have a blog. And you and I were talking about this um, prior to coming on here. And in the in in this blog here, let me shrink that. There we go. I want people to visit LazarusLife.org at whatever stage you are at just to read these. Okay. There are yeah, several here exactly. that are I told Jimmy he needs to take them and put them all into like a, a booklet because they are so full of the power of God. Um, you will be ministered to no matter who you are, whether you have a loved one in addiction or whatever. These are words that are straight from uh, the throne room of God. So I want I want to encourage you to go to the blog there. But um, you've got right here steps to join. It's very, very simple. You can click on the information there. Um, you can get involved. This is the part where I want our viewers, the Resistance Chicks family, to go and visit this part, LazarusLife.org. Visit the Get Involved tab. It says, number one, pray. Number two, give. Now, not very many of you are going to be able to serve because you'd have to be extremely local to do that. But I know every single one of our Resistance Chicks viewers can do number one. You can all pray for Jimmy and Lazarus Life Ministries. And a lot of you also can give. You can become a monthly giver or you can just do a one-time donation that is is not why we ha- had Jimmy on today. Um, he probably is like, I can't believe you're 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 asking people for money. Well, I, it's ministry. This is ministry. ministry. You can I can and tell a labor you. labor is worthy of his hire. And the and and bringing these guys in, it costs money. It costs time. It costs um, resources. So if you guys have extra resources, and and I tell you what, sometimes it's a pay it forward. And if you have somebody yes. in your life that's struggling, give, you can give to this ministry and sow it as a seed yes. and they don't come back. I'm telling you, it'll come back because somebody on the other side is going to help you with your family. Exactly. And then I also want to encourage you guys to visit the Lazarus Life Ministries Facebook page. It's just literally Lazarus Life Ministries or at Lazarus Vision and like it, follow it, stay tuned because what Jimmy is doing at this ministry I believe, and I, I don't want to say this prophetically, but I do believe in my in my spirit here that this is literally just the beginning for you, Jimmy, for this ministry. I think that this is going to grow to uh, to transform the way that recovery is done. And we all need to recover from our past, whether it's addiction or just being without Christ. We all need to kind of go through these recoveries. And so um, I just want to encourage our viewers to get plugged into Lazarus Life Ministries in whatever way that you possibly can, even if it's just following them on Facebook and praying for them and praying for the the guys. You you uh, 
continually post as they go through they get their they go through their 30 days you can see their faces you can see their first names you can pray for them the the power of prayer is the fervent effectual prayer of a righteous man avails much the power of prayer is so much stronger than we give it credit so that's kind of what i want the resistance chicks family to be doing when we were helping um we had a a friend justin who we were helping through he's still in and out he's doing good he has he has his moments but we had some friends of ours some dear friends of ours who helped uh, with $500 a month for Justin. To go to Teen Challenge. Yeah, yeah. and that was huge. And, you know, it, life changing. God has blessed you. And they did that because they sewed because they had a relative who struggled. Yeah. And they, and, and, and this is, we're all in this together. And I, that's what I would say. Um, not everybody can do everything, but we're all called to do something. You guys literally post monthly needs on your Facebook page. And these are very simple things like Kleenex or whatever. Like these are things that our viewers I know can help out with. And so that's why I want to encourage you guys to get plugged in the very, very simple process. So there's my spiel um, on supporting Lazarus Life Ministries. And if you've listened to this entire interview, you already know that it's a worthy, worthy ministry um, to, to get involved with. But Jimmy, would you close us in prayer in however you feel led? Yeah, absolutely. I'd be honored. Uh, Father, thank you um, so much, Lord, for your power and your grace and your mercy. Lord, we do pray um, just for the addicted community. We pray for those um, in our nation and around the world that are under the spell of pharmacia, of drug addiction. Mm. Lord, we pray that you would raise men and women, that you'd pluck them out, that you'd deliver them, Lord, from just the evil... um, (laughs) that Satan has bestowed. Mm. And Lord, we know that you are more than able. You've done it in my life. You've done mm. it in so many others, Lord, that you would raise them from death to yes, life. And yes, that yes, society Lord. would look at these men and women and um, that they would look at their transformed lives and then they would look at you and give mm. you glory, mm. Lord, Amen. because that's what it's all about, the fame of your name. Mm. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would do a revival, Lord. Yes. And God, I pray for the family members that are suffering. Um, Lord, I pray that you would give them, like you did my mother, um, just a, an unexplainable peace, mm. Lord. And that as they pray often, as you lead them and nudge them to pray, Lord, that you would just speak to them. Give them guidance and discernment and wisdom and mm. uh, just how to navigate the situation, the practicalities wow. of it. And uh, Lord, that you would, again, just give them an overwhelming peace. Mm. And Father, um, we just want to thank you for you. Mm. Thank you that you've made a way. Mm. Um, Thank you, Lord, that um, we don't need to look at man-made methods, that we don't need to um, try to guess on, hey, how do we fix this problem? We know, Lord, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm. Amen. So, Lord, I pray that um, the gospel would be known, that it would be proclaimed, and, Lord, that we would be faithful in doing that. Help us to be more bold in in just declaring what the gospel is and Mm being unashamed um, to boast in you. And so, Lord, thank you for this interview. Thank you for Leah and Michelle. I pray that you would bless them, Lord, and continue to use them to advance your kingdom on earth. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, before we go, actually, I would pray afterwards, but I want to go ahead and pray 
for Jimmy uh, while everybody's watching because I Come think on. everybody can pray with us. Yes. We ask them to pray, so let's do it together, guys. I just thank you so much for Jimmy. I thank you for the ministry. I thank you for calling him out. I thank you that to whom much is given, much has been required. And I thank you that you have given Jimmy much and he has said, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Yes. He is not hiding his treasure. He is not hiding his light, but he is shining it. Uh, he has run to the top of the highest mountain and said, come and follow me. I know wow. the way to salvation. And I pray, Father God, that the eyes of those who need that light will find that light. I pray, mm. Father God, that you expand his tent and expand his ministry, that you bring uh, more ministers to come and help him. I pray, Father God, that every bill will always be paid and yes, paid in, 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 uh, in before it needs to be paid. I thank you, Father God, that he will never have any need that you will not immediately meet. I thank you, Father God, for his family, that his family will be blessed and protected in this ministry because uh, Jimmy is working in a dark area. Um, it's like it, it's almost like in the inner city here where you're dealing with all kinds of people who have, have trauma and, and, and coming out of it dangerous um, situations. And I pray for protection on his family, for a blessing on his family, a blessing on his wife, uh, because it's, it's, it can be difficult. But I pray, Father God, that that difficulty will actually uh, be a pleasant cross to bear for his family and for his children. And I pray, Father God, that every um, one that comes through that door will experience the anointing and the power of God. We pray for a fresh wind and fire in the building. I thank you, Father God, that there will be angelic beings and no demonic spirit can go through that doors, that there will be deliverance there, true deliverance uh, from addiction, uh, from trauma, from abuse, um, from just having a, a lack of you in their lives, that you would use Jimmy, that you would give yes. him a fresh mantle and a fresh empowerment and a fresh vision, Father God, and that you would give him, take him to that next level, Father God, because he is out there um, seemingly a, a, a ship needing more uh, ships uh, to come alongside him. So I pray, Father God, that there will be other men and other women to join hands with Jimmy and say, I want to work with you. I want to help minister. I see the value in these people that they are not lost souls. They are not people just that for us to just walk over and ignore. I thank you, Father God, that Jimmy has a heart for the homeless so that they can be fed, so that they can have a home, so that they can know that there's value. I thank you, Father God, that there's healing in Jimmy's hands, and as he lays hands on the sick, there will be miracles. There will be miracle deliverances. There will be teeth that grow back in. Wow. There will be uh, uh, just all the pockmarks and the scratches from meth, Father God, will be healed, that you show him natural ways, natural remedies to bring healing to their bodies and their minds and their souls, nutrition in their bodies and their minds and their souls. Like They will, they will um, just as your, your word says, uh, I want to give you food so you never hunger and wow. water so you never thirst. So I thank you, Father God, that there will be a river of living water. It'll be clean and crisp and clear. And people will come and say, I'm thirsty. And I heard that you have something for me to drink. And, and Jimmy will say, I have this fountain and it comes from heaven and come and drink and you'll never be thirsty. And I have food. When you eat it, you will never be hungry again. You will never want those things again. Because when you taste of Jesus, when you taste of who he is, when you taste of his sacrifice and his resurrection, you will be so fulfilled that you will, you again will put up your own stand for, for, for other people to be filled with the anointing and the goodness of God. 
taste and see that I am good, that I am good. And I thank you, Father God, that there is a special anointing on, on Jimmy, that you are taking him to this, this next level, that you're giving him wisdom that he didn't know he had, that you're giving connections that he never, uh, never could have connected with. You're going to open doors that no man can shut. You're going to shut doors that no man can open. And I thank you, Father God, that he, he is just, he is going to be so blessed in what he does and have so much joy that everything will fall into place and that there will be just such a, a blessing to where he won't need this ministry anymore, but people will be set free and healed all across this nation because of the seeds that you have planted in Jimmy and he has decided to plant himself. He is going to reap a harvest, not only in this life, but in the life to come. And we just bless you in the name of Jesus, in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. That was so good. That was so good. And also, um, I have a word that God gave me while Leah was praying and I, and it's not just applicable to you, Jimmy, this is applicable to anyone in your shoes, but I, but I got it specifically for you and for Julie, um, that the work that you are doing now while you are helping others is helping Julie because you are sowing seeds in the kingdom that you will reap in your own family. And so if you're tuning in and you are you have hit a wall with your family member or your loved one, God is likely calling you to minister to someone else's loved one. And that act in and of itself, you will see it bear fruit in your loved one. Yeah. And that is the most powerful thing that we can do. Do you do tough love? Do you do this, that, or the other? I don't have the answer to that for you. Your specific question, just as much as Jimmy, who's a professional in this, doesn't have that answer. But what I do have an answer for is that if you pay it forward and you start to minister the gospel to other people that are in those positions, it will unequivocally manifest in your loved one who you can't access. And so that's the word that I got while Leah was praying for you, specifically for you and your sister. That's good. That's good. All right, Jimmy. Thank you guys. And also what I didn't say is if you need help, you can go to LazarusLife.org. And you have resources. And to there help are people resources, who... not just family members, but if you are literally struggling with addiction, they can contact you. Am I right? Absolutely. And we got beds open. So <laughs> and they got beds open. <laughs> Even better. All right, you guys. I hope that some of you can at least become monthly givers and help support the uh, men that are going into Lazarus Life Ministry, raising, helping being a part of bringing these men to life, life, eternal life that manifests in the, our day-to-day -day walking and also in the next life when we really step into to that, that kingdom life. So thank you, Jimmy, for coming on our show. I hope this isn't the last time. Um, and just God bless you and everything that you're doing and your wife and your sons. I am looking forward to seeing how much God moves in your life from this day uh until eternity so all yeah. right you guys remember it's not just a conspiracy theory if it's the truth we love you god loves you god bless and we will see you next time I was cold, all alone. No